0: Welcome, welcome to Old Fashioned Football Episode 1. Right now I know you're thinking, what in the hell is Old Fashioned Football? Like back when they wore those little leather helmets? No, we're talking fantasy football and we're drinking what could be better. That's where the Old Fashioned comes in. Each episode will be drinking a whiskey on its own and in our favorite drink, an Old Fashioned. Now, I can't pull out all the flavors. I'm not a whiskey tasting expert, but I can tell you a little bit about the whiskey and my opinion on it. Alright, before I ramble on too long, I need to introduce my co-host this week. We've both been playing fantasy football for years, and let me tell you, she's not just another pretty face. I did not invite her to talk with me just because she's my wife. She's a fantasy football guru, a winner of many games, playoffs, championships, and the reason I've gotten texts from friends saying, why did you invite her? Because for whatever reason, some of them just cannot handle being beat by a girl. Miranda, welcome to Old Fashioned Football Episode 1. How are you doing?
1: I'm doing great. It's been a long work day, but I'm here with you, drinking an old-fashioned, and I'm ready to talk some football.
0: (laughs) What could be better? So look, before we dive in too deep to talk about contracts today, because that's what we're going to be discussing, contracts and dynasty leagues... I need to touch base real quick on your team names because you have had some absolutely great team names. Let's see, there was Mrs. Garoppolo, which he wasn't really super fantasy football relevant.
1: He was in photos.
0: Okay, all right. So maybe relevant in other types of fantasies for many women and some guys too. That was a good one, but two of your best ones. Uh, How about the league that you're the only female in? I'm
1: obviously the only TDs in the league.
0: (laughs) Though, Though I've seen some of the guys in our league, perhaps it should be the only female TDs in the league. But anyways, then there's my favorite, when you weren't the only female, and I think it's the team name you had when you went undefeated. Listen... Everybody, she had a completely undefeated season, all season playoffs, all the way to winning the championship, never lost a flipping game. And if you've played fantasy long enough, you know, that is not easy. What was your name in that one?
1: Just to clarify, that was the season that I went undefeated. My team was the best TDs in the league. Now, I don't focus on TDs in all of my team names, if that's what you're thinking. But you can't win without some TDs.
0: I agree. TDs are important. <laughs> so, so does a hysterical and great team name help you? Like, Do you have a certain superstition that if your team name isn't good, your team won't be? Or do you just like coming up with a clever one?
1: I don't really have a superstition when it comes to my team name. For me, I really like to come up with a clever one. I know in the past when I've drafted certain players, I've made team names around those players names but that can change quickly through trades and injuries and relevancy I'm somebody who likes to create a team name and then stick with it I don't like to change it throughout the season or in some cases throughout multiple seasons for me it's really just coming up with that clever team name my only TDs in the league name is my longest standing team name for about 10 years and I have never changed my name in that league and don't think I ever will And kind of to go along with team names, abbreviations are important as well. I feel like you have to be clever there too. I'm... Known by my abbreviation in that league as well. I'm (laughs) T-I-T-S.
0: The tits. Um, I agree. Now, I know on ESPN and I think on Sleeper, you have a team name and then an abbreviation. And yours always seem to go together so well. I am not that good at coming up with those types of things. But we have another friend, shout out to Christian Orr, whose team name is The Deadliest Catch. And then his team abbreviation is HIV. So I always get a kick out of that one. Um, So for me, I am superstitious though. I will change my team name if my team is sucking. If I lose three or four games in a row, it's time for a new team name because obviously that's what's causing it and not my roster's poor performances.
1: I think I've even caused you to change your team name before a season has even started.
0: All right, let's get back on track here. So we're drinking Jefferson's Ocean Aged at Sea. More to come on that later. And Myrrh, the rule is we can't both drink at the same time because then nobody will be talking and it will be an awkward pause. Deal?
1: Sounds like a plan.
0: All right, perfect. So we're talking contracts today and we're going to cover a lot in a short amount of time and there will be a lot of numbers thrown out. Just trying to give you some numeric examples. However, the main takeaway to remember is you have an auction budget and your contracts come out of it. So my first fantasy football league, the first one I was ever in, was a dynasty league with an auction draft and contracts. To me, it's been kind of the starting page, but come to find out, not everybody is familiar with how contracts work. So we're going to talk a little bit about what contracts are, how they work, and how we make our decisions, because we've both been in contract leagues for, I don't know, like 12 years or something?
1: It's close to that. I know it's at least 10 for me because it's as long as we've been married, but I know I was doing fantasy football before that.
0: See everybody, I keep that in the back of my head. If I'm struggling (laughs) on how many years we've been married, I can just ask how long she's been doing contract leagues. Kidding, of course. Anyways, Mer, why don't you get us started and tell us a little bit about contracts.
1: So we're both in three different leagues that involve contracts and all of them originated as an auction draft. Every year there's an auction draft and everybody has a budget amount. Most of them set the budget at $200 for a 16-player roster.
0: Yeah, and that's been the same in all of them that I've been in. We run one. I was in one as the the very first fantasy football league I'd ever been in years and years ago, and it was $200. Since then, we've joined two new startups. They're both $200, so I think that's pretty much the standard amount. In fact, I think if you do play on ESPN's fantasy football app, they start at $200 mm-hmm. as well. Anyways, sorry, go on.
1: <laughs> so despite whether you're starting a brand new league or you're taking over for somebody who dropped out of a league, your starting point is $200. The draft is an auction style, so everybody bids on players, and everybody kind of has a different idea of what they're willing to bid. We'll talk a lot more on that later, but just for ease of discussion, let's say you drafted Jalen Hurts for $10 in the auction his rookie year. He'd be on your team, and at the end of the year, as long as you kept him on your roster, you could contract him in the offseason.
0: Exactly, and real quick, I'm glad you talked a good chunk there because it gave me time (laughs) to get into my whiskey. So now I'll talk some, and I'll let you catch up. So in every league like this that I've been part of, the terms of the contract can vary in the sense of how many players you can contract each year and how long. We have one where you can contract five new players each year for up to three years. That's ours. We set it like that so that every three years, there's at least some sort of cycling of players. One of the others, it's only three players for three years. The first one I was in, it was as many players as you wanted, but only a five-year max, And then the last one that we joined, it's unlimited players for unlimited years. Now, the only catch is you obviously have to be able to fit it into your budget. You have to go into the draft with the amount of money to draft the players. So if you drafted two guys for $80, then traded for another guy who was drafted for $80, their contracts would be equal to $240. So you could not contract all three. Now, most people don't go for $80, but we have seen some running backs go for over 70 right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I think 72 is the number that kind of sticks out. I remember Christian McCaffrey going for that, which at the time it was a good deal because it was his, one of his really good years. Now that he's injury prone, you know, you wouldn't want to pay 72 for him. However, even though terms are different in each league, every league has been the same in the fact that a contract increases $5 every year. So if you have Jalen Hurts for $10 and you contract him for an additional 3 years, that first year of the contract is always the same as his draft price, so $10 in this example. The second year he would be 15 and the third year he would be 20. That's where some of that strategy comes in because you can't work your team into the red. You have to budget, you have to have a budget to draft with.
1: You can cut contracts, right?
0: Yeah, so you can cut somebody. However, there is a penalty in every league. Now, what the penalty is kind of differs. One of the leagues is the current contract price plus a $5 penalty. So let's say we cut Hertz; that is $15. He'd cost $15 plus $5. So you'd have $20 less to draft with. In a situation like that, you might as well keep him and then maybe drop him after the draft. But there are instances where a player gets a really bad injury, or maybe they become like your RB2, and um, they're not even the starter on their team. And you just don't think they're going to give you the same production, and you need the room on your roster. Um, one of the other leagues gives a penalty based on contract term length. so one year left is five dollar hit on your cap, two years is 10 and so on and so forth. So they could be contra- you could have a player contracted for50 dollars, but when you cut them it's only five or ten bucks. That one makes it a little easier to cut players.
1: The good thing is if a player retires or isn't on an active roster at the time of your draft, the day before the draft, you can cut them with no penalty. So, kind of to circle back to how contracts affect your budget with like the Jalen Hurts example, if he is your only contracted player at $10, you'd roll into the next draft with 190. So, you have your 200 minus 10 to draft your remaining 15 players.
0: Yeah, so that feels like a good segue to talk about this. Mer, when you're considering a contract, do you worry about how much you're rolling into the draft with, or do you just focus on the players and if you want to keep them or not?
1: I personally don't focus too much on what I go into the draft with. If I have a $60 player eligible to contract who's going to eat up a bunch of draft capital, capital, um, but he is one of the top running backs, I'm going to contract him. Same with the receiver. If it's a top wide receiver, I'm going to contract him. Because for me, I have to have one of those top running backs, one of those top wide receivers. So if I don't keep who I drafted at the $60, and he's still a top running back, and it's still going to be $60 or more to draft him, and it's going to cost me that to get one of those top guys. So as, as long as the person I drafted is one of the top at their position, I'm going to tra- contract them rather than go into battle to get them. I'm likely going to only contract them one year so I don't spend 65 the next year and risk them not being one of the top, and I'd rather start over at that point. The, the tricky thing is um, you don't know what players are necessarily going to be in the draft except for rookies, expired contracts, and cut players um, because you don't know who's keeping who when you're figuring all this out. You could let go of that top player at 60 and everyone else kept their top running backs and wide receivers and your player that you let go um ends up being like the only one available and everybody goes for him so i could risk not keeping him and he could go for 72 or something rather than the 60 that i could have contracted him for now sometimes you can message somebody and try a little if you show me yours i'll show you mine
0: well wait what now
1: (laughs) So I might say, hey, if you're thinking of keeping a running back, if you tell me who you're thinking about keeping at running back, I'll tell you if I'm thinking of keeping a running back and who.
0: You never tell me who you're keeping. Well,
1: no, you're on your own. (laughs) You're my number one rival, Justin. (laughs) Household rivalries do not get these types of deals. (laughs) Well, that's
0: some bullshit right there.
1: (laughs) But for me, I don't focus on how much I'm going... To have going into the draft, if it's a good amount, I'm happy. But if I have a good core of players, then I'll make do with a small budget and just grab any value I can.
0: And just to throw this out there, when she says go into battle to get her players that's what we mean. Like, I, I will bid against her just to make her angry. We cannot sit in the same room <laughs> no. while we draft.
1: We're at opposite ends of the house, still yeah. yelling at each other across all the rooms. Yeah, so it,
0: exactly. It gets ugly. <laughs> exactly. So, see, I'm the opposite when I'm looking at my contracts. I, I am a bit of a cheap ass. You
1: really are. It,
0: it's true. It's really hard for me to commit to a high-value contract So I like to roll into the auction with at least $100. $100 gives me the opportunity to make one big splash at my top-rated person or maybe two of the top-rated people, depending on their position. We generally see running backs go the highest, the top ones anyways, followed by top wide receivers, then top quarterbacks. Normally, tight ends don't cost a lot, unless you're Murr.
1: Oh, okay. We're going there? Are we really? (laughs)
0: Yeah.
1: Oh, my goodness. Long story short... During one of our drafts, I had technical difficulties on the ESPN app on my phone. I was switching over to our computer. Without thinking, I closed the app down, which kicked me off, out of the draft and set me on auto draft. My turn comes up, and this is back when like Gronk was in his prime.
0: And So I'm there going, uh, you're auto bidding on Gronk.
1: I asked how much, and our league, of course, bids me up because I'm on auto draft, and I didn't have the capital reserved or planned out for a top tight end. I was not gonna go for Gronk. I got Gronk for $55 and it just it screwed up my entire draft plan.
0: Yeah, if you haven't done an auction draft, it does kind of pre-rank everybody at a certain um dollar amount. And auto draft will draft you up to that dollar amount. So but you you ended up doing really well that year because Gronk had an outstanding season at least.
1: I was still not happy. <laughs> Uh, It ended up going all right, but I had my whole draft mapped out, and it changed everything for me. Um, It was his best year, though. It worked out in my favor. It was his best year. He didn't do as well the next years.
0: Yeah, trust me, everybody, when she says she was not happy, she, she was not happy. I was there, and I was maybe scared for my life. <laughs> um, so the, the big budget is what I like to go into the draft with. I'm a big value guy, so I like to find cheap contracts, which reminds me of something I forgot to mention. Free agents are automatically set at $3, so that's kind of what I'm really looking at towards the end of the year. Despite if my team is on a roll or not, if I'm going to be in the playoffs, it doesn't matter. I'm trying to decide who may end up having great value next year, even if they don't necessarily this year. Because if I can load up on $3 for maybe, let's say, a quarterback, a wide receiver 2, flex, even my backups, then I have more I can spend per person rolling into the draft. So the next question is, how do you go about deciding who to contract? Because like I said, I look for value. Now, if there's a really good player that I know is going to be another solid option... I will contract him, even if he's a high dollar sometimes, but for the most part, I'm looking for value and to kind of load my team or trade for a contract for a player that somebody may have that's taken up too much of their budget but won't be a much of a hit to me because I do have the room. So kind of what do you look for?
1: So value does come into play for me, um, but I really look a lot at talent, for example. If I have Debo Samuel... I'm contracting him, even if he's not on the 49ers long-term, because he's just a good player, and I think he's going to give me value no matter where he goes. The same is true for top running backs. You know, let's say rumors are swirling that the Colts are going to trade Jonathan Taylor. Now, I don't think that would ever happen, but for argument's sake, let's say they are. I don't think, like, I don't care if he won't be in that system anymore, and yes, it may take a bit of a hit in fantasy points in a different system, but I'm not going to worry about that. He's the best running back in the league, and I'm still going to contract him.
0: Speaking of Debo, I ended up drafting him for $6 last year in the Rumble League, so I will definitely be contracting him. He, he fits both those categories of a good player and good value.
1: You're telling me if you took Taylor for 72 in the auction, you won't recontract him for at least a year at the same price?
0: <sighs> I, I don't know. That's That's just a huge chunk of change. And if I go into the draft with a good chunk... It's possible I can draft him at a lower price.
1: But it's possible you don't.
0: True. And I have been burned by that before. I'm not going to lie. But I I just have trouble contracting big money guys like that. crazy.
1: You have to contract
0: talent. But if I have all my money (laughs) wrapped up in one or two guys, then it doesn't matter if I have them. Because the rest of my team could be crap.
1: You could build well on $1 players. I've done it. And free agents. Oh,
0: maybe. Maybe. It's just tough to commit to that amount of draft capital for me.
1: If I have a good player, I'm keeping him just so you don't get him in the next draft. Because I know you, it's like every year I go into the draft and you have the most capital out of everybody.
0: It's true. I do.
1: Hasn't helped you win a ton of championships, has it?
0: Ah, so the whiskey is making her. Am feisty. I wrong? <laughs> you, not exactly wrong. So let's switch gears here, because I know we won't agree on this. Um, so there's always a deadline to get your contracts in. If you miss it, you just get no new contracts. That's just how it's always been. We don't we don't take it easy on people. You have a deadline, you make it. Um, after that deadline, the commissioner normally sends something out. It's usually a spreadsheet, though we do have one that's a PDF document. But you will then see who's staying on teams. And the commissioner will go into the app, drop everybody off teams that aren't contracted to begin prepping for the draft. Now, I've only done this in ESPN, but they make it super easy to drop players, mark players as keepers, adjust prices for contracts um, to subtract from your budget, everything like that. So we usually have a week or two before the draft to look at who's available. So Mer, how do you approach the draft? Do you wing it or do you make a plan ahead of time?
1: Well, they don't know this, but you do. I'm a planner, and I, I plan it out. I map out my draft. I think about what could happen, who could go where. I also have my tier system that you've been wanting to get details on, but I'm not oversharing any of the details. I, um, I rank the players in different tiers for each position. I'll tear up all my running backs, my wide receivers, and the quarterbacks, and I'll um, have dollar amounts like – a tier one player I'll spend up to X dollar amounts on a tier two player up to X dollar, um, tier three, tier four, and so on. And I'll map it out. If I get a tier one player or a tier two player in either position, I know I'm probably not going to get as many tier three or tier four players, but then I know I've guaranteed myself some of those top positions that, you know, I go for. Um, I also, I like to have one of those top guys in each position and it really depends on the price And I kind of just adjust as I go in the draft depending on who is taken.
0: See, and I always have one player that I'm determined to get, but I also kind of set a max cap. Now, do I go over that? Yes, almost every year. If he gets up to that price, I'm like, eh, one more dollar, eh, one more dollar. So I have a a tier system that's very um, much less intricate as yours. It's basically like I look at one person, And that's the person I'm after. Um, Now, I always have a backup. But if I'm going in with only one running back in the draft, then the top projected running back to me, like, you know, not always what other people think is the top projected, but my top guy, he's getting at least 50% of my budget.
1: You know, he might not have to be 50% of your budget if you had just contracted
0: him. <laughs> well, I guess that's true. So um, so if I have the top running back marked, and if he goes past that, then then like I said, I do have a backup. But the backup option, I'm normally not willing to spend as much on because he just doesn't rank the same as me. Um, so at that point, then I could go after my top wide receiver target or something like that. I, I tend to do a ton of adjusting because I don't have a specific writ out written out thing like you do. So I do a ton of adjusting as we go, um, but it all just surrounds going after one specific player. That's what my team is based off of. Um, So I have one league where I think I'm rolling into the draft with four wide receivers and decent enough ones that I'm comfortable with them as wide receiver one, wide receiver two, flex backup options, etc., so I won't really focus on wide receivers at all. I, I mean, if there's a Debo Samuel that's going for like five dollars, then yes, I'm going to bid six. Of course, because yeah, it's just silly not to. But I, I'm gonna make—I'm not gonna make a point to bid on players I don't need.
1: So that's that's a pretty decent overview of like how contracts work and how they affect your team. Just a couple couple other questions to bounce off of you here. How do you determine how long you're going to contract somebody for?
0: Yeah. So it really depends for me. Cost of course. Cause as we determined, I'm a cheap ass. You are. So yeah. So that's one thing. And then it depends on the team, the player role production. I mean, if there's a guy I'm confident will be part of that team for a long time. So like a quarterback, that's a, for sure. Starter. I'll lock them into three or so years. Um, and if I have a player that's drafted for a dollar and I think he's flex worthy for a few years, I'll contract him for a few years.
1: Yeah. For me, it really just depends on the player and team. if, If it's on a good offensive team, then I'm more likely inclined to contract somebody. Robert Woods is somebody you never like, and I always contract if I get him because the Rams just have a good offense, even though he's now coming back from injury and now he's on the Titans. It'll be interesting for me to see what happens for him now. Why are you always against him?
0: (laughs) Yeah, it's an excellent (laughs) question. I don't know. There's just something I never liked about him. Same as Packer players, as a Bears fan, it is hard to lock them up in any type of contract.
1: I guess I get you there. I almost never draft any Packers players, and that's just the Bears in me, too. But, like, what if they really are good players? Like, Woods, he's had great seasons. Last year, he got hurt, but before that, in 2020, it was 90 catches for 936 yards and six touchdowns. In 2019, 90 catches for over 1,100 yards and two touchdowns. 2018, 86 catches over 1,200 yards and six touchdowns. I could keep going. This adds up really nicely in a PPR league.
0: Yeah. I mean, when you break it down that way, looking at those numbers, 86 catches, 90 catches, 90 catches, That that's impressive. I... I don't know what it is about him. It's nothing personal. I'm not saying he's a bad player. I just never want him on my team. And
1: this is why my team beats you a lot.
0: <laughs> all right. Maybe we should talk about our whiskey for nice, a little bit. Nice
1: subject change. I thought
0: it was pretty smooth, which, speaking of smooth, um, we're drinking Jefferson's Ocean Aged at Sea, which is very smooth. Um, this is just, this is pulled right from their website. So these travel aboard ships that visit ports all around the globe. And the constant motion of the sea churns the whiskey. So they basically, they put these in the barrels and then they throw them on a boat and they sail them around the world to different ports. Um, it, it, maybe it's a marketing gimmick. I don't know. It, but I guess we have watched some really interesting documentaries where they talk about how the weather affects how the bourbon turns out.
1: Oh, yeah. They, they just sell bourbon in open warehouses so that the climate and the temps can affect it. And you'll have barrels on the outside of the warehouse that have a completely different flavor and palate than some of the barrels in the middle of the warehouse. Like the temperature and everything really impacts like the overall flavor and the flavors you're going to get out of drinking that bourbon. So if you think about a barrel at sea going to all these different ports and all this different weather and temperature changes, I feel like even the movement at sea is changing the flavor of the bourbon in the barrel compared to a barrel that's just sitting motionless in a warehouse.
0: Yeah, I I guess that makes a lot of sense. Um, So I I, I suppose it probably isn't just a marketing gimmick. Um, I've been drinking it in my old fashion, but let's do a little taste of it on its own here. Now, I know we've had it many times. You like this one, yeah?
1: Sorry, I thought we were tasting it. (laughs) Um, Yes, this is... By far my favorite bourbon. Um, I may or may not have a bottle or even two that you don't know about hidden in our house.
0: Wow, I feel like I need to go hunting now. <laughs> no,
1: please don't. <laughs> You're not going to find it. Um, when we first tried it, like this has stayed consistent and still my favorite bourbon. We have tried a lot of bourbons. And thank you to Costco because after we tried this, I went back and bought a couple more bottles because knowing that this is my favorite and it's Voyage number 23... You, I think you can still find Voyage 23 on the shelves. But anyway, my thought process was that maybe the next Voyage won't be my favorite. And then this Voyage 23, when it's gone, I can't taste this bourbon again. Um, but anyways, a um, little tangent there. <laughs> C is definitely my favorite bourbon. It's a very easy drinker, very smooth. I don't like a lot of burn when I drink whiskey, which is why I specifically like a good bourbon, because most good bourbons are pretty smooth. So I told Justin, this has to be the first old-fashioned football-featured bourbon.
0: Yeah, it's definitely smooth. For me, it is one that's better by itself. I mean, my old-fashioned is good. Don't get me wrong. But I think it takes away from how good it is to mix it with something. I like this one straight. You have it on a couple cubes. I think that's how it's best enjoyed, just by itself.
1: I agree. This is the first bourbon I've actually preferred by itself on the rocks. The taste of it is really good, really smooth. But you're right, it does lose itself a bit when it's mixed with other flavors like in this old-fashioned right here.
0: Yeah, agreed. Um, so, hey, that's kind of how this is going to work on old-fashioned football. We're going to talk about fantasy football. I, we don't want to spend a lot of time looking back at how somebody did last week. You can. We are all capable of looking that up. It's very available on the Internet. Um, we'll talk a little bit about studs and duds, you know guys that over or underperformed. Um, we'll talk a little bit about market movers. So that's something that I kind of like. I like to track target shares. Now, you can go and see target share percentage for somebody on each team, but I like to track how that changes week to week, and the, you know that's something that I like to do. Um, and we're going to drink. I mean, think of it like sitting here in the bar and listening to people talk about football. Or bicker. Or, uh, or bicker. <laughs> and fantasy football <clears throat> and just having a conversation. So... We're going to have different guests on the show, some people to talk just about football, some to talk just about whiskey, and some are going to talk about both.
1: Not to interrupt, but another question I thought of.
0: Yeah, sure. Shoot.
1: Do you feel you get more players in the draft or the free agency? Uh,
0: I I think it's a little bit of both. It really just depends for me. What about you?
1: For me, I think free agency for sure. That's one of the reasons I'm okay spending so much on a couple people because there's always multiple players in the free agency that blow up that year and you grab one or two of them and you can add them to your team for only three dollars for a contract that following year
0: yeah i mean i do like finding value within the free agency that's true
1: then why not contract high dollar players i'm not gonna let this go (laughs) (laughs) Here,
0: here we go again um so to close out the show let's look at some live examples of our teams in the rumble league since we have those Um, I call it the Rumble League because it's named the 515 Royal Rumble. Um, This one's kind of cool because if your record is over 500, even if you're not in the playoffs or whatever, you're entered into a drawing and you win an autographed uh, memorabilia that's wrestling related, which Miranda's always really excited about.
1: Oh, yes. Oh, yes. But I do. I'm all about winning. (laughs) Yeah. So
0: so like for an example, we had a Ric Flair autographed boot. and, and And I always say, you know, if you don't, if you're not interested in that, most of them sell for around 100 bucks or whatever on ebay so it's just extra money um but this is a 12 team league so it's a little more challenging stacking your team with a bunch of good players even compared to our 10 team leagues this one is considerably more difficult with just two extra players um do you have any contracts rolling over
1: only one surprisingly um this is a big turnover year for me i have five contracts ending The only one I have um, rolling over is Tyreek Hill in his last year for 45 because he had been so consistently good. I had drafted him for 40 and contracted him an additional two years.
0: Yeah, that's going to be an interesting one to see Mm -hmm. now that he's with the Dolphins. Um, You know, Tua is not Patrick Mahomes, even though I saw a story today that um, Tyreek Hill said Tua is a more accurate passer than Patrick Mahomes. (laughs) I, I don't know if I buy that. I
1: don't know. We'll see. So what contracts do you have rolling over?
0: Uh, So I have Justin Herbert contracted until 2023. He's $8 this year because I got him as a free agent and contracted him last year. So the $5 add this year, he'll end in 2023 at 13. So, um, you know, I'm very high on Justin Herbert. I think that's great value. I also have David Montgomery at $16. Um, That's all for me. And as far as guys I'm looking to contract, I have Justin Fields because I'm a disgusting homer. Um, but I drafted him at four dollars and for a rushing quarterback to back up Justin Herbert, I just realized I have two Justins as my quarterback. <laughs> I draft based on first names maybe. I don't know. Apparently. Um <laughs> but um I got Kenneth Gainwell. I I just don't know what the Eagles want out of him necessarily. He's just he's not showing an it factor, but he is three dollars. Ramonde Stevenson is three dollars, you know, building through the free agency with them, of course. I drafted Debo at six. Um, if Gronk does end up on a team, if he comes out of retirement, um, because he announced today he's retiring, do you believe him?
1: No, no. And I might eat my words here, but I don't, I just don't see that happening. There's so much drama. Like, are they going to retire? Are they not retiring? They do retire. They come back. They come back after the season starts. I'll believe it when I see it. maybe we're a week or two into the season and he's still retired. Maybe I'll believe it. But him and Brady are such a duo. I just... I don't see it.
0: Yeah, no, I agree with you. So if if for whatever reason, when training camp starts and all of a sudden, oh, Gronk's unretired, I do have him for a dollar. So some good value there. Uh, I have a couple other options. DJ Moore, he's he's $23, but that just feels like a little too much for me based on his quarterback play. Russell Gage at only $3 may have some flex value.
1: I have Russell Wilson at 13. He does have a new outlook on life in Denver, whether that's going to... Lead to fantasy success? I don't know. Uh,
0: in my opinion, he's the worst quarterback in his division. Oh,
1: harsh opinion there. <laughs> I know. <laughs> well, my other option is to roll into the draft without a quarterback because I'm not contracting Carson Wentz. Good point. Chase Claypool, Evan Ingram. He's let me down in the past, but I actually think he's going to do well for the Jaguars and fit in that offense well. And then there's a strategy I like of contracting my defense when they're only a dollar because, look, you have to spend at least a dollar on a defense, anyways, right? And I have the Bills, definitely a top twelve defense with twelve teams in our league. So for a dollar, I'll contract them a year, and it's one less position I have to worry about in the draft. And people get stupid drafting defenses anyway. <laughs> Not to get on too much of a tangent, but I always get a little pissy when I'm drafting my defense for a dollar and they get bid up to ten, or don't even get me started on kickers. We have people in some of our leagues who go on a bidding war over a kicker, and I'm just thinking, have at it and waste your capital for options later on in the draft. I'll get some good deals.
0: Yeah, no, I I don't get the bidding more than a dollar on a kicker because I don't feel like they give you a statistical advantage. Um, so I will never spend more than a dollar on a kicker. Defenses, if I have to spend $2 because it's one of the only good ones left, I might But still, that's tough. Just a dollar defense, dollar kicker. So I really like contracting the Bills with that. I think that's a really good move. And I agree on Engram. You know, he kind of fell off with the Giants, but I think the Jaguars might provide some value for him. And Claypool, he might be decent too, if you believe in Mitch Trubisky, which I do. You would. (laughs) I I do. I'm a big Mitch fan.
1: Oh, I've heard. And I know. (laughs) He will sit there and have crushes on his Bears quarterbacks. I used to walk into the living room and he's laughing and smiling at something and I'm will ask him what he's watching. Oh, just a Jay Cutler press conference. Oh, so, oh, just the Mitch Trubisky press conference. <laughs> and this is out of season, like not even in season. <laughs> and and then I completely contribute your activity on Instagram to the fact that Jay Cutler was became like had an account that was created on Instagram. Granted, his former wife ran it for him, but now Jay runs it himself. But you would just swoon over the Jay Cutler posts on Instagram.
0: Hey, Jay Cutler is a funny, funny dude. And you know what? I really enjoy his podcast as well. Well, I am well
1: aware of that.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, so that's all we have on Old Fashioned Football today. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you gained some valuable information on contracts. And I hope you enjoyed some whiskey like we did. Miranda, thanks for talking football with me. Cheers to you. Cheers. All right. If you have any questions or if you're interested in hearing about any topics, you can find Miranda on Twitter at wifey. You can find me on Twitter at jmarkfootball. Send them over.
1: You might want to send your questions and topics to me since I'm the organized one between us. Fair
0: enough. And until then, I'm going to finish my whiskey and I'm going to think about what bargain contracts I might be able to find in every league and how I can maximize the dollar amount I'm rolling into next year.
1: Cheap ass.